Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's going on, Fantasy Champs? Welcome back to a fine Thursday afternoon. Uh, we are recording this a little bit later today, so if you're not listening to this, to this until Friday or uh, at some point on Thursday, welcome on in. My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me, as always, is on this side of the screen. What's going on? How you doing, boss? I'm doing A-OK. Chipper. Ready for the football season to start. Chipper, or that might be a new one. <laughs> Chipper. Because uh, uh, I was thinking about it. Our home league draft is a week from Saturday. Which means that today we're officially two weeks away from the NFL season starting. Yeah, wow. That's... Two weeks from today, I'll be at one o'clock staring at my computer screen going, When is it eight thirty for me to watch to watch the Bucks play whoever they're playing? I don't even know who they're playing, to be honest with you, but I'm just uh, excited. To watch the Bucks versus the Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll draft a couple of Cowboys just to watch that game. <laughs> Are you, yeah, that's oh my the, that's I'm going to draft a couple of Cowboys. All right, anyway. exactly. Yikes. Um, so anyway, welcome on in the Fantasy Champions of Fantasy Football Podcast. Today we're going to talk about some late round targets that you should be going after. And we're going to go round by round and break down some guys that we think you should target. Um, and once you get to the 15th round, it's just a deep dive. Deep dive of players. We're going to try yeah, to dive this as is, deep into that. This is, this is the crapshoot rounds where everybody just takes random players. But you're going to take random educated guest players. Yes, exactly. This is how you build your roster. Every year, I come out of our, our home league draft, and I have all this depth, and I just trade this depth away to get really good players, and everyone's like, don't try it with Morgan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is that how you think uh, everyone in our league Yes. Says? That is exactly what I think everyone in our league says. It's... I have been told by people not to trade with you. But you will trade with me because you know we'll be reasonable with each other and not. Right. Well, I, I'll, I'll just say this a, now. Did we even make a trade so, last week? Me? Me and you. Oh, yeah. We made like a garbage trade to start everyone off. Oh, that's right. We did. We made we made one or two. Um, I feel like I feel like I want to I want to do a little PSA for for people who play fantasy football really quickly before I, I give you the, the intro crap. Um, when you're trading. Let's not pretend that you're 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 like and I I mean do I do you, Rick tell me if I do this so that I can correct myself but try not to pretend that the player that you have is literally the best player in society no yeah and be willing to lose a trade <laughs> like honestly that's the thing that I've learned it's over not the last like two losing years. a trade it's just like you you don't have to win every trade you don't have to win every trade. It, it can either be even or you slightly lose it. Like if I believe there's a specific strategy that I can take for my team and I'm going to go out and get a specific player and I overpay for that specific player, that's all right. Like if you desperately need a running back yeah. and you have to give up a slightly better receiver. And you're like, oh, that's not fair. <laughs> I don't freaking care about fairness. Like You have four good receivers and you have to give I'm up. I'm like, one. yeah, trade one. Well, I'm, I'm not looking to trade this guy right now. Oh, great. Thanks. Good talk. See this you is a, you're, you're in midseason form. This is. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't even started yet. I'm already better. Yeah. 
me and you, as soon as the season starts and we start negotiating trades, <laughs> there's at least, I can't, I feel like it's, it's like two weeks in, there's at least one fight. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We basically call each other idiots. <laughs> but you're like trying to trade me. You're, like I have Corey Davis and you're trying to trade with me like a backup running back. <laughs> like, you're, you're not being reasonable. I'm like, I don't want to trade Corey Davis. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah. that's this is the best part of the best part of the year right here. Yeah, fighting with people. This is I mean, don't try to don't lose friendships. We almost had our, our home league explode one year because of <laughs> the veto. <laughs> don't, don't ruin friendships. But um it's fun to it's fun to banter and go back it and is. forth. Yeah. Um so anyway. Uh but don't don't overdo it with trades. Like it's not that hard to make a trade. It's not gonna end your world if you make a trade that isn't fair for you it's not uh, again like because when you say like not fair people think like you're getting destroyed yeah I'm, it's I'm more encouraging just like, people to make horrible trades no i'm not encouraging people <laughs> to do that no. it's like you know you think you lost slightly and you're not going to do it because of that but you're gaining something that you didn't have that you feel like you probably need yeah. but just because you think the other guy is slightly better you're not going to do it um right because in the future that'll happen for you and then they're not going to want to do it because you didn't do it. Yeah. So I just wanted to share that little public service announcement that took two and a half minutes. Um, so we got a lot to get to in this episode. Before we do that, check out our website, fantasychampions.com. Follow us on all social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Just type the FF Champs in or the Fantasy Champions and you're going to be good. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcast platforms, leave a review, share this podcast with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, click the bell for notifications, like, and comment down below. Guys that you're targeting, excuse me, in the late rounds. Yeah. Let's get it popping. So late round targets are extremely interesting because I, I was thinking about it yesterday. Um, And, you know, one, rounds one through ten, that's like, I guess, core structure building. Like that's you, like first three or four rounds, you're building the structure of your team. And then, you know, you put the you put the walls up and you paint them and all that, that you know, windows, everything in the in rounds five to ten. Mm-hmm. But then when you get to the 11th to 15th round, that's where things get a little bit more uh, confusing and a little bit deeper. Um, this is where a lot of people set it to auto-draft. They don't know what they're doing. They're like, oh, you know, right. I'm just going to This is the big auto-draft round. But I feel like these are some of the most crucial rounds for me in a lot of my fantasy drafts because of my specific strategy. So me and Rick have told you in the past, and Rick, Rick sometimes goes against this um, because he has a slightly different strategies than I do. But my particular strategy is to wait on the quarterback position for the most part and wait on the tight end position for the most part until I get to round 10, 11, or 12. Right. And by doing this, it allows me to draft depth, draft depth at the wide receiver and running back positions. Um, and so usually when I get between rounds 11 and 15, it's quarterbacks, tight ends, and and deep deeper dive wide receivers because you're not going to get a running back that breaks out in this range. You're just not. And uh, people who may have drafted James Robinson in the 15th round two days before the season started don't at me last right. year. But uh, anyway, so uh, my strategy in the late rounds is very specific. Like I like to go with – like I said, quarterbacks and tight ends to try to develop my team further. And I can get good because honestly you can find starting quarterbacks and starting tight ends 
in the in rounds eleven to fifteen. Whereas yeah. you can't find starting wide receivers and starting running backs on your team. There is not a single starting running back. Not a single rounds. starting running back or unless, wide receiver that you're going to have in between rounds 11 and 15. Yeah, unless it's like a handcuff. And so if I know the guys between rounds 1 and 9 or 1 and 10 are going to potentially be able to start in my flex or better, then those are the guys I want to take there. Whereas I know if I can get a starting quarterback in round 13, 14, I'm fine. So mm-hmm. either way, um, that's kind of my strategy, but we're going to give you some late round targets. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that, Rick. No, I mean, it's kind of the same thing with me. I like to target quarterbacks, tight ends as well in that range. And a lot of upside plays too. I think most of the guys on this list, not everybody, mm-hmm. but most of these, most of the guys on this list are looking to take uh, a jump in their game, yeah. our young players. So I, at this point, it's kind of just like upside quarterbacks, tight ends. And maybe handcuffs, which we'll talk about a little bit as well. I agree. Um, the Patriots just traded for a wide. Uh, I'm not a wide receiver. I got my hopes up. A cornerback. Was it a big trade? A fifth rounder for Sean Wade. Don't know who that is. It says former Ohio State standout. Sounds hmm. like a bust guy that Bill has an infatuation with. Probably, yeah. But uh, anyway, so around 11 to 15. Um, we'll start with round 11. So this round, uh, really interesting. There's some, I believe that's pick into a 12 team league. That's pick 121 to 133. So, yep. um, looking at some of the guys on this list, we have guys like, um, uh, Michael Gallup in this section. Um, Trevor Lawrence in mm. sleeper has been going higher than this. He's been going yeah, in the he's usually going ninth like round. Ninth. Yeah. Um, on fantasy pros, he's listed as QB 14 and in the, 11th round so i feel I mean, a little bit better about that but i don't know would, if i would target him okay um we're not going to talk about kickers harrison butker here don't don't um, target I, I don't, harrison, a question. but if yeah. you're in like a i'm going to ask you this because in our home league you do uh by the 14th round screw around a little bit um so, but uh when you get to uh like saying you're in a hundred dollar uh you know buy-in league yeah and it's kickers and defense. Would you draft a kicker and a defense at all in those formats, or would you just let that be something that you stream and and you figure out later? I would 100% draft a kicker. I would. Okay. Because right. those those kickers would – I still wouldn't spend a, a super high pick on them, though, because look at last year. There was like two or three kickers that came out of nowhere and finished in the top five. Mm-hmm. But like the the Justin Tuckers, if you, if you can't get one of those guys and someone's going to reach on them like the ninth to tenth round – you know, I kind of changed my answer. I feel like I wouldn't. I would draft the kicker, but not high. Yeah. Like I mean, I know my strategy round. is going to be streaming them anyway. And so I, would I don't draft them at all. And I deal with it. Yeah. Right. No, that's fair because unless you can get like a, a Tucker, a Buckner, or a, yeah. a Young Way Co., like one of those guys, um, then then you're not going to. Because, because chances are there's going to be like two or three kickers that come out of nowhere. Right, right, right. Um, anyway, I just want to bring that up because there are some kickers and defenses in this round. Um, yeah. If you do draft kickers and defense, please wait till the 14th and 15th round. Um, I'm yeah. asking at, for a friend. So um, anyway, yeah, they got guys like Naheem Hines in here. Irv Smith Jr., mm-hmm. I don't know what your thoughts are on him. Yeah. Um, I, I'm like, I, I literally keep thinking about Irv Smith because I feel like this year, like we guys, we like, we'll talk a little bit later about guys like Adam Trotman and Cole Komet. Yeah. And we like them. Mm-hmm. 
but I feel like there is no bona fide like there isn't yeah guy that I really like him in love with. Like last There's year, no TJ Hawk, right? Right, right. The last year was Gasicki Hawkinson. The year before it was Waller, and so I'm like, I feel like I want to try to find that guy, but I, I just I'm having a tough time doing it. Yeah. Um, Irv Smith has been the consensus guy that people like. Um, I'm not a huge, if you like him, that's fine, mm-hmm. but I don't, I'm not hugely infatuated with Irv Smith. And the reason why is because I feel like they're not a high powered passing offense and they already have two big right. targets on their team and they still have Kyle Rudolph, right? No, he's on the giants. Okay. All right. Good. Um, so I just, as far as a red zone target, I could see Irv Smith take that role. Yeah. But I just don't think his target share is going to be there to make him a top five tight end, which is what you're kind of looking for in these late rounds. Like, you're looking for a guy that might break out and shock everyone. Yeah. I think there's, I mean, Irv Smith should be in the discussion. I just, like you said, him being on the Vikings is just not exciting to me. And from what I've heard, like, I, it was in the beginning of training camp. So things might have changed, but, um, Mike Zimmer was saying like hit Irv Smith and uh, the other tight end on that team. Mm-hmm. I think I forget his name. Um, yeah. And they wanted both those guys to be like high end. They're, they're both going to be our tight end one. 12 personnel because they run the football with Dalvin cook. 400 exactly. Times yeah. Um, so there is a couple of guys that we would say in particular that we would, would target. Um, and that would be, uh, Rugs, Pittman, and mm-hmm. Mooney. Yep. Um, Mooney might be on the edge of the next round if you're drafting. Um, in some yeah. drafts I've done, he's in the tenth round, which is our previous show. So, um, I do love Darnell Mooney, but um, yeah, I think I think for me, like, if I had to like pick a guy that I'm absolutely like in love with that I'm targeting, targeting, mm-hmm. it would probably be Darnell Mooney, and then behind that would be rugs and then Pittman. Okay. Yeah. That, but it I mean, seems like fair. a wide receiver round. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, for me, it's probably, I don't know. I feel like part of me wants to say rugs as the top target because yeah. I just, I like the upside and with, um, with Nelson Aguilar gone, you would think he's going to play the Aguilar role. You would think. And, you know, it's John Gruden. I don't know. I think Pittman is another good one. I think all three of these guys, like, you can go in any order. I think I'd end up going Ruggs, Mooney, and Pittman, though. Okay. Um, what about, would you would take him over Mooney? I would take Ruggs over, yeah. It, it's close. I think, I think as of right now, I would. Okay. Yeah. I think all three of these guys provide at least some level because like Indianapolis, for example, they do have T Y Hilton who I believe is in this round or maybe later on. Um, But Michael Pittman is essentially, I would say their wide receiver one. Yeah, Um, exactly. Yeah. And even if he's the second guy, like it is what Carson Wentz is any good. Right. If Carson Wentz is any good guys like Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell and stuff like that, they're going to be a lot. They are going to be a run first team though. Say it again. I think they're going to be a run first team. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Um, But I think there is some upside to having Pittman because I think T Y Hilton, even though they resigned him is not good anymore. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
no disrespect, but like, so Although, I think, I mean, to be fair to T Y Hilton, Carson Wentz, who, who does he usually have the best success with? Like the Sean Jackson type receivers. Yeah. Yeah. Which those is outside. Like that's kind of T Y Hilton's game. If he has anything less than a tank, he could be sneaky decent. Yeah. Um, but I do think Michael Pittman, uh, at wide receiver 48, I think there's a good shot that he outperforms that. So I think he's a good target in that right. range. And then rugs, like, what did he get? 20 catches last year total. Yeah. He didn't targets. have much like, last year. He didn't have much. He didn't get much but, separation. Um, now I think, go ahead. I was going to say John Gruden historically likes to ease. Like it's why he barely played Brian Edwards as well. He historically and has said that he doesn't like playing his rookie wide receivers like mm-hmm. a lot. He kind of eases them into it. But this year, this year he has the opportunity to be the wide receiver one. And from what I've heard, I've been trying to like look up beat reports on the Raiders mm-hmm. camp and stuff. There's also there's obviously a lot of the bigger headlines for Brian Edwards, mm-hmm. but a lot of people are saying consistently Henry Ruggs has been the Raiders' best receiver. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna trust them and think Henry Ruggs is going to have a breakout, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think one of the, at least one of these three are going to have a breakout season. And the way they utilized them too, not that they utilized them a lot is yeah. weird because if you go to the reception perception, and yeah. you look at his success rate by route and his route percentages. Um, he has only successes on screens, which is usually what you do with a speedy guy. And, uh, like down the field routes, so corners, nines, and posts. But they only ran him on out routes, which he didn't have success with. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I don't I like what the crap are you guys doing. That is something that is will concern me because if they use him the same way, like it's gonna be bad. Like when you draft yeah. a guy like Rugs, you have to use him in multiple different ways and try to get him going, like slant routes too. Yeah, uh, a lot of end arounds, um, trick plays to get him going. Like the interesting just move thing him is around that... too, and they didn't really do that. No, they didn't. And, but the the success rate versus coverage too, and like I said, he had he didn't have a large sample size, so it's like tough. But um, his success rate against man was twentieth percentile. His success rate against zone was tenth percentile, and his success rate against press was sixth percentile. So last year his his route running was just abysmal. Yeah. Um, but like I said, That's it's fun. a small sample size. They didn't really get him on the field a lot in terms of his snap percentage. So, I mean, you know. Rick could definitely be right in that regard. Um, I do like Henry Ruggs here because I feel like there's a shot that he has a... To me, the, the only reason I, I would put him one is because of those three guys, yeah. he has the most upside, I think. But he also probably has the lowest floor. Like, he could suck. Right. Um, and then Darnell Mooney, who is the other guy, he's he's pretty he's pretty good last year. Is he a fifth-round pick? fourth or fifth round pick yeah yeah and he ended up coming onto the scene and and playing really really well for the most part um he's not gonna i i feel like with dalton it's gonna be a lot tougher to project um but he had a really good um he had a really really good season route running last year and i think he can be you know uh, basically their new anthony miller if you want to say that um as the second wide receiver if Justin Fields comes in, I feel like they'll pass the football a little bit more and it'll open Darnell Mooney up for some success. Um, but he's probably one – he's my favorite of these three guys. Yeah, if if I knew Fields was going to start right away from week one, then I would easily go with – not easily, but I would go with Mooney. My One of my concerns is Andy Dalton, I think, is 100% going to start week one. 
and does he start week two, week three? Right. Like that. Like with Andy Dalton out there, I think Mooney's going to stink, and it's not because of Mooney; it's just because of Andy Dalton. Right. Fair. Um. So moving into the next round, because we got a bunch of rounds to get through, um, we'll go a little faster than that round because that's probably the best of the. It is the best. Yeah, those are all legit plays. Uh, the twelfth round is just disgusting, and I'm going <laughs> to list the twelfth round to you right now because um, it's just, it's horrible. Yeah. Um. It essentially is me and Cole Hardman who Rick doesn't like I'm, I don't mind like if you're looking for a wide mm-hmm. receiver whatever um, Baker Mayfield Marvin Jones Latavius Murray Alexander Madison Cole Beasley Devonte Parker Tyler Bass kicker yeah Elijah Moore JD McKissick Philip <sighs> Lindsay um, and then Justin Fields so for me I would say Madison Mm-hmm. Still don't draft kickers in defense, by the way. Uh, Madison, if you drafted Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, good handcuff. Pick him up. He's mm-hmm. not a target because unless you have Dalvin Cook, you shouldn't be targeting other people's handcuffs. Doesn't make any sense for you depth-wise. Um, yeah. So, and then, like, I, I don't mind Latavius Murray, but I think the big two in this round are Justin Fields and Marvin Jones. Those two guys are probably people that I would target in this vicinity in this round. Mm-hmm. If I don't, because this round is garbage, I would probably reach on a guy I like in the next round. Yeah. And just That's go with it. Idea. But anyway, if you have to target some guys in this particular round, it would probably be Fields and Marvin Jones. Yeah. Marvin Jones feels like you said before the show, he's the wide receiver two on that team. It seems like Lawrence likes the connection with them. Yeah. Um, he'll get some decent amount of targets. And then Justin Fields, who I think has uh, a lot of breakout potential. If he plays, you draft him, let him sit on your bench mm-hmm. for the first few weeks. And then when he starts, uh, he's going to have... Dalton will play himself out of a job. Yeah, he will eventually. Um, when, once Fields gets the opportunity, though, mm-hmm. uh, he's he's going to have a great fantasy ceiling because of his rushing upside. Um, mm-hmm. We've seen what he can do in the preseason on the ground and through the air. He's very good as well. So he's probably my favorite rookie quarterback for fantasy um i agree and then yeah the rest of this list kind of blows i i wouldn't mind a flyer on elijah more i think it's a little early though like he should be lower mm-hmm. um i just like the player but yeah it's pretty gross yeah i, I mean I, I don't have much to add uh i love justin fields uh, after seeing the first couple like preseason games um, it's clear if he starts, that's not going to be, it's not like he's going to change his play style. So, um, yeah, a lot of fantasy points on the ground. I think he has like over a hundred rushing yards in two games. Um, and like two touchdowns, so, like, not that that matters like statistically, but if he just does that in the regular season as a good floor, um, cool. and then Marvin Jones wide receiver 53, I feel like he's going to outplay that. So We'll have to see with him, but I think a flyer on him in this round is not a bad idea. And then remember, draft your handcuffs. Uh, the next round, we have round 13, which is pick 146 to 157. Um, and we're talking about guys like Janu slash Hunter Henry mm-hmm. um, and then Russell Gage. Not a lot in this round either, but this has been a round that I specifically, and we're going to talk about another guy in the next round, but I specifically have been drafting tight ends. And um, if you choose to draft two tight ends that are deeper in the draft, just to hedge your bets on who you think is going to break out, 
it is what it is, but I, I think this has been the round that I kind of start targeting the tight end position. Um, and I've come around in these New England Patriots tight ends after watching the freaking wide receivers perform in <laughs> yeah. any format. Practice, uh, preseason games, it doesn't really matter. They're all garbage. Uh, we're going to talk about one of them on this program. <laughs> anyway, uh, I do feel like Johnny Smith or Hunter Henry, one of them I think is going to be really good. But I could see this very similar situation. See this as a similar situation to when they ran twelve personnel with uh, um, Gronk and who was the guy that murdered people? Aaron Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> How do you forget his name? name? I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. Not that it should be remembered. Yeah, I was going to say probably a good thing that you didn't. I don't remember. But, but anyway, Janu and Aaron. I mean, uh, Aaron Hernandez <laughs> and Gronk when they ran uh, back in I don't know what was that 2014, 2013, yeah, something like that, 2013. Um, when they were they were a really good tandem and both of them were fantasy uh, relevant. So I feel like at the tight end position, you could definitely get Jonu and Henry and have some fantasy relevancy there. Uh-huh. Do I wish it was only one guy? Yes. But yeah. I'm in the situation where I've been drafting Jonu a lot more. I would prefer Jonu over Hunter Henry. I think Rick prefers Hunter Henry over Jonu. Um, hey, yeah, it's, it's close though. Like I, I really don't know who... I think one of them will be slightly better than the other and will have decent fantasy value. That's why in redraft, I'm tempted to draft both. Now in our home league, we're all Patriots fans. So yeah. that's not going to happen. That's... I don't even think I'm going to get one. Um, I'm planning <laughs> on not getting either of them. Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah be but I, I think one of them, one of them will be, I think they'll both be decent at least. And one of them will be higher than um, expected. Like one of them is going to finish as a low end tight end one, I mm-hmm. think. And that's great value here. Um, I think probably Hunter Henry, but I think Jonu could just as easily do that. I think Jonu is just a weapon. And I think they'll utilize him as a tight end and he'll get a similar target share to Hunter Henry, but he'll also add other elements to the game. Mm -hmm. Um, Hunter Henry can block. But I don't know. I just, we'll see what happens. What they do with him. It doesn't. To me, yeah. at this point, it doesn't really matter. No. Um, quickly, your thoughts on Russell Gage at wide receiver fifty nine. I know you like him. I faded on him a little bit. I don't think it's a bad pick. Yeah. Um. I actually think he might be better than like back in earlier rounds. Might be better a better pick than like a uh, Marvin Jones in the last round that we just talked about. Mm. Um. But I'm still not excited about him. Yeah. I mean, he is upside. He's he's the very clear wide receiver two with Atlanta. And I'm pretty sure last season without Julio, he was very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so a full season without Julio and being the wide receiver too, he's, he's going to get um, some targets. It's just a matter of how much Atlanta throws the ball, which I know you've been concerned with all off season. And yeah. it's a valid concern. Um, if they throw the ball a lot less than I think mm-hmm. he's going to not be as involved, but if they throw the right. ball um, at least, maybe slightly less than they did last year, but they throw the ball a lot still, mm-hmm. then Gage will be good. Um, and he'll be an extreme value at wide receiver 59 because he was like a low, yeah. he was, he was a low end wide receiver too when Julio was out. So. Okay. Um, moving to the 14th round. Uh, this is also another round where there's not a lot of action. Um, it's, I believe 158 to 169 pick 158 to 169. Now yep. me and Rick talked before the show, I feel like, and this is also another, I don't want to buy Patriots wide receivers. And in the next round, we're going to talk about one guy that uh, should be considered. Um, Mm. But it just is, it makes my like head explode that Nelson Aguilar could be the wide receiver one for the New England Patriots. 
Mm. And he's wide receiver 60. I don't think he's a wide receiver one, though. I think he okay, might that's, play, that's that, play that role. Like, he'll get the number one corner and stuff, but he's not going to lead the team in targets or catch it. But in, like, Yahoo and Fantrax League, he's going undrafted. Fantasy yeah, Football Calculator, he's basically that. going in the 15th <laughs> round. On Sleeper, he's going right in that vicinity of round 14. So it's like, when you look at Aguilar, like, he's not great. And Rick can make an argument that he's not going to be wide receiver one, and that may be true, but he's still pretty high in that offense on the he's list is yeah as so, at least so uh, but for me I, I look at it and it's like wide receiver 60 man if the, if the guy gets 100 targets it's just not a lot yeah he'll outperform that now he's gonna outperform the wide receiver 60 the problem is, is it's not gonna be good like when he outperforms it'll probably be wide receiver 30 oh I, I, even then dude i don't know <laughs> it's startable so, um, yeah, no, I, I would stay away from Aguilar at this point. I played with it all offseason, maybe drafting, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, the uh, last Deshaun... year. Go, Go ahead. ahead. Jinx. Um... So I was moving. I was Zoom. I, I just can't. Not <laughs> once when we're live by ourselves does this ever happen. Right. Like, ever. And then as soon as we're on Zoom, it's like, whatever. I just was going to say that, like, last year was his career year, and he had 48 catches for 896 yards and eight touchdowns. Yeah. Like, you think he's going to top that? No. Right. I, and if Cam Newton is the quarterback, I think Nelson Aguilar is pretty much useless. With yeah. Mac, he might um, be decent because mm-hmm. those, deep, those deep balls, like, Nelson Aguilar will be the target. So as long as he doesn't drop it, which, you know, Nelson Aguilar has a yep. history of that, um, he'll be at least decent. But, yeah, if Cam's out mm-hmm. there, I don't even think he's a top, like, 50 wide receiver. Um, Fantasy Okay. Part. Sounds good. Uh, you also have guys like James White who and Giovanni Bernard, yeah. uh, pass catching specialists for Ugh. their teams. Um, yeah, not for one second do I want those guys. Um, Marlon Mack, interesting prospect. Not prospect as in like future endeavors. Uh, interesting thought. But yeah, I should say. Um, RB fifty two. The second running back for Indianapolis, name Hines. I don't remember if I saw him earlier or later. Yeah, but, he was um, earlier. But Marlon Mack, he could be the running back too, and he could. I don't think he's going to split, but I just it's not worth it. Like this is another like if you draft Jonathan Taylor, Marlon yep. Mack is probably your handcuff, right? Um, and you should draft him as that. Um, would you draft Chuba Hubbard as a handcuff? Only if you have McCaffrey. Okay. If you don't, no. Sounds Gucci gang. Um, so the two guys that we're really looking at here are Tua and Adam Trotman. Um, I don't know why Rashad Penny's even getting drafted. That makes zero sense to me. Sorry, Dude, Rashad. He's, he's the stata over Chris Cassin. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so Tua, I feel like this, like I said, this is a round where if you have a young quarterback you like, get him. Mm. Like easy money. Um, so I... I I really like Tua. Tua's starting to grow on me. Like in the in the preseason, I don't really care how he performs. It doesn't really matter. He's the starter. He was good last game. His first game, he was iffy, but the second game, he up was and very down good. In the first game, yeah. Second yeah. game, he was good. Um, but I think I think it doesn't really matter what he does in the preseason because he's gonna. Like, I told Rick, uh, Patrick Mahomes threw for seventy yards on fifteen attempts and an interception. <laughs> so, I mean, it's right. like any he threw a lot of incompletions in that game. So it's like. You know, preseason doesn't really have that much of an implication on how a player might play in the regular season. It really doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So uh, for me, Tua, I think he, I think the thing that I've noticed, I don't really look at stats and I don't really look at player performances in the preseason. What I look at is how they utilize the player. Um, and what I noticed is that the offense and the play calls in yes. this Miami offense yep. look much different than it did last year. Last year, they played it safe with Tua. Everything was dump-offs, underneath routes, RPOs, quick passes. Like It was very much, let's keep Tua, Tua's confidence up, and let's not take shots down the field. This year, much different. They're, they're taking medium and deep shots down the field, and they're bigger chunk plays. And so we'll see if what Tua looks like in a situation where they start opening things up a little bit. But if they do, along with Tua's rushing ability, it provides a pretty good basic floor for a successful fantasy season. I'm not starting him week one against New England. Um, no. <laughs> that would be a bad idea. But I would draft him, draft like a Tannehill or a Stafford, somebody – a little bit older who can get you good performances early in the season. And then if Tua takes off like Mahomes or Lamar Jackson did in the last two or three years, uh, then you'll see a really good emergence of a top five, top six quarterback or now, Josh Allen for last year's example. So, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be those guys, mm -hmm. but there's a chance that it could happen. Tua, are you concerned? He can run, but he doesn't run a lot. Are no. you concerned that that? Okay. I think because he has the ability to, it will come out eventually. Okay. Um, but I, I don't think like, like Ryan Tannehill can run. Does he do it all the time? No. Right. So like, like he's going to get like 30 yards rushing a game maybe, but I mean, that provides you two or three fantasy points. So a, a bad 17 point week actually looks better at as a 20 point week with the rushing yards. Right. If that makes okay. any sense. So to what I like, and then, um, Who's the other guy that we had? I don't even remember. I think it was Trotman. only this. Oh, Trotman, right? Give me your thoughts on Trotman, Rick. Yeah, I mean, Trotman has a lot of opportunity in front of him. Uh, they were talking about on the broadcast how Sean Payton loves to use tight ends, and Trotman has kind of been the guy in, in camp. Mm -hmm. um, he's been – Sean Payton loves him. He did get hurt, but he it looks like he's fine. He avoided any real injury. Thank God. So, um, yeah, he has a just a lot of draft. opportunity. Now, he's known for being more of a blocking tight end, mm -hmm. so that is the reason he's this low. But he's going to have a lot of opportunity in front of him, and you know what we say about opportunity in young tight ends. Yeah. Got to draft him. I think, too, the the situation with him is that he's – he's he uh, what is it, Michael? Um, wow. Sean Payton has said that he is the, the number one starting tight end on the team. So, yes. Yeah, um, yeah he's going to start. And in an offense where – they have used the tight end before, i.e. Jared Cook, mm -hmm. or they had Jimmy Graham, correct? Yep. Yeah, so like an offense that off. utilizes the tight end position. And I think Jameis Winston, who's going to end up being the starter, uh, he has a history of throwing it to the yeah. tight end position as Sleepily, well. Yeah. So I think the connection there could be something that works for the Saints. You don't have Michael Thomas for four to six weeks to start the season. Um, with that being the case, Adam Trotman becomes a very – high option target for the saints unfortunately but high target um, share yeah i i well i think i think it's like i i think he's going to end up like two on the per, the read progression chart yeah and traquan yep so and that's scary because uh adam Trotman, stop it with the 
Did you just whisper Marcus Galloway? Marcus Galloway. Stop it. Um, but yeah, Trotman's going to be the number two guy in terms of where the options go. And I think that he could be force fed the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, similar to Darren Waller. I haven't heard that stuff similar to when Darren Waller broke out his season where they were like, oh no, we're going to run this offense through the tight ends, yada, yada, yada. I haven't heard that about New Orleans. I don't know what they're going to do with Trotman. I don't know if they're going to throw it to Trotman. Um, I would hope that they do. Right. He has a good catch radius. I talked about when he was in college, like last year's shows, you know, when we were scouting the tight end position, like we were excited about Trotman. Um, I didn't think, I thought it was going to be two, three years before I even brought him up on a show. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> Um, I do like him though, and I think there's a good shot that he could have success. Um, so that's why I'm like, right. He's it's a, a late 14th, 15th round pick too. It's not like it's. And when you're talking you're about this round him. where we just listed like handcuffs and uh, you know Deshaun <laughs> Watson, like it's just right. what like are you going to complain if Adam Trotman doesn't work and you're going to be like, oh, I wasted my no, 14th you drop round him. draft he's, selection. He's the end of the roster pick. So like that's why I'm like, and most people are drafting kickers and defenses at this point. It's right. just like take take Adam Trotman, see what happens. If he breaks out and has a good season, then you look like a genius. If he doesn't, you cut him. And people made fun of you for drafting Adam Trotman. <laughs> exactly. Like, what, what difference does it make? Um, well, let's jump into the final round. Unless you have any more thoughts on Adam Trotman? No, we can do it. Um, so this round is going to be a little bit more interesting because anything after pick 170 is free right. game. Um. So I'm not going to bring up all the guys that are available in this round. I'm just going to bring up some guys that I like. Rick can bring up some guys he likes. Um, So personally, I've been really, really excited about two guys as rookie wide receiver picks, which is really interesting considering that um, I don't draft wide receiver, rookie wide receivers, but it's 15th round, so let's throw dirt at the wall. Um, Or throw crap at the wall and hope it sticks. Uh, Rondell Moore. Terrace Marshall are two guys that I've been targeting in the 15th round if they're available. Um, I like Rondale uh, specifically because I think he has a, I think he has a high ceiling. A lot of people have said that he is ahead of Christian Kirk in the depth chart now. Um, and there's a good shot that he might even jump AJ green by the time the season, by the time like week two or three floats around. Yeah. Um, I think he's better than AJ Green at this point in his career, right? AJ Green's mm-hmm. old, and we saw him last year with Joe Burrow wasn't good. Um, right. How many times did he get targeted and just flat out drop the ball? A lot. He has lot. no speed. Like he's not a good wide receiver anymore. I love you, AJ Green. You were good five, six years ago, um, but right now you're just not anymore. So uh, I think Rondell can jump him. I think Christian Kirk is the slot receiver that no one wants anymore, and. <laughs> I honestly think I have a feeling that they might trade or cut him before the season starts. Mm-hmm. Hot take, but um, we'll see what happens. But I think at some point Rondell is going to end up being the number two wide receiver in this offense, and an offense that runs four wide receiver sets. Being the wide receiver two is very, very valuable. Um, I think in the fourteenth, fifteenth round, if you can get Rondell Moore, that is like stealing from a candy from a baby. Like I love that. Um, and then Terrace Marshall. Similar situation, they have Robbie Anderson who they just gave this big contract to, so that concerns me a little bit. And then obviously they got DJ Moore. So those two guys are locked in bona fide wide receiver ones and twos. But we know Robbie Anderson has injury history, and DJ Moore kind of has some injury history as well. So there might be some situations where Terrace Marshall gets into this offense and has an opportunity to be the wide receiver two 
possibly, mm-hmm. and get some opportunities throwing down the field. And we'll see what Sam Darnold looks like. Obviously, if he blows, then you're probably just going to end up drop, dropping and... Marshall. But I do like Terrace. He's been showing some good things at camp. Um, this is another guy that could leap some people on the depth chart, possibly, if he performs well. So and I know um, McCaffrey was out for most of the season last year, but mm-hmm. Curtis Samuel did have, like, what, 97 targets last year as the wide receiver three. So Yeah. Um, Marshall could get like 90 targets. That's very possible. Um, yeah, for me, my guys are Jacoby Myers. Yeah. I think he's, he's feels like he is the wide receiver one. Everything you've seen in camp, everything you've seen in preseason, mm-hmm. even last year, like the game against the jets when he had like 15 targets out of nowhere. And from that point on, he was the wide receiver one on the team. Uh, he was consistently getting like 12 fantasy points. He just wasn't scoring touchdowns, but he was getting yeah. catches. Um, he, he's, I think he's the real wide receiver one on the Patriots. I would take him over Nelson Aguilar, um, ten know. times out of ten. Uh, he's he's the clear guy, and like every day in camp, you just Google Jacoby Myers, Jacoby Myers breakout day in camp, Jacoby Myers best receiver in practice. Like it's yeah. everything is pro Jacoby Myers. He is mm-hmm. he is the top guy. I'm taking that flyer in the fifteenth round, a hundred percent of the time. And my other guy is more of a shot in the dark, but I think Brian Edwards, just another guy who's gotten a lot of hype. Um, he's just second year wide receiver. I don't think he had a lot of opportunity last year. Well, this year he has a lot more opportunity with uh, Aguilar gone from the Raiders. So he has a, he, I think Ruggs and Renfro will be the one and two, uh, but Edwards has a chance He's going to start as the wide receiver three and with a chance to leapfrog at least Renfro and maybe even Ruggs. If Ruggs stinks again, mm-hmm. then they're going to put Edwards very quickly into that wide receiver one I slot. I think it could be. I think Ruggs will be one. Mm-hmm. And then Edwards is the other outside guy with Renfro yeah. in the slot. Yeah, most likely. So, I mean, very possible. But every, I mean, Derek Carr compared him. I forgot to, about Hunter Renfro. Oh, God. And yeah, I like a, him too, so it's kind of like whatever. But he's a slot guy, right? It's not like he's, yeah, yeah, gonna, no, he's not going to do anything else. No. Um, Brian Edwards, you know, Derek Carr compared him to Devontae Adams. So that's saying a okay. lot. Now, that's very high expectations, and that's not something that you should be expecting. But yeah. it just shows that they like him, um, and they're going to give him more opportunity next year. And I, as I said about Ruggs, John Gruden has a history of not playing rookie wide receivers so now this year feels like they're giving the keys to edwards and rugs and last year uh, there's a lot of pro brian edwards people that were telling you he's going to be better than rugs and to draft him and both of us told you guys no don't do that that's very dumb do not draft brian and brian edwards and he stunk last year but this year i think he has a chance of being good you know at least a shot in the 15th round i agree um all right so there you have it, rounds 11 to 15, who guys you target. It sounds like me and Rick are like, target your quarterbacks and tight ends, which is what we said before we started talking mm-hmm. about this, and then get some of those. I, I really like the idea of of targeting like younger wide receivers yes. who have upside in the later rounds because – like if we just go, we went through that list and we gave you a couple of running backs who were available at the time, and a lot of them, like Alexander Madison, Tony Pollard, is sometimes handcuffs. available in the eleventh. Uh, say that other one name again. I didn't hear it. I just said handcuffs. Oh yeah, <laughs> I thought handcuffs. you said Acres, and I was like, bro, what are you talking about? He <laughs> also he wouldn't be a handcuff. Yeah, he's a he great was. pick. <laughs> he's a great pick, along right? with Travis Etienne. Um, but no, 
So, oh, bro, you just <laughs> too early, too early. You just wrecked ETN and Cam Akers in the I same know. conversation. I know. Oh, dude, so many running backs just gone. But I'm glad uh, James Robinson takes his place. Uh, so anyway, uh, but yeah, I think the younger wide receivers are the best route to go if you're not taking quarterbacks and, and tight ends in the later rounds. Like there's a way you can finagle your way to every single one of the wide receivers we talked about. Not every mm-hmm. single one of them, but most of them. Um, if you want to do that, and and you know, there's a good shot because there's there's always a better shot of younger wide receivers working out between rounds eleven and fifteen than the running back position. Right. So, anyway, there we have it. It is getting to late August. I believe the it's next time. time we talk, it'll be almost September, which is exciting. Um, I don't know what we have on the docket next week, but we will keep you updated and we'll talk to you on Tuesday, my friends. See you guys later. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.